Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Game Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hello everyone. How are we doing? Hot. Yes, I knew that was going to come. <laughs> Scorchio. Yeah, doing, doing all right in my you know, um, pool of sweat. But why is it so hot? I don't know, blame. Climate change. That's yeah, that's it. It's global yeah. warming. Oh, I was going to say God, but you know. <laughs> oh really? He caused this. He left us a long time ago. He just wants yeah. to see us suffer. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Let's not go down this particular rabbit hole. Should we kick off some news then? As always. Let's do what it. Should, what, should, what should we start off? Should we start off with the PlayStation Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Because they had a few changes recently. Not particularly well received either. Ooh. Well, no one wants to pay more money, do they? <laughs> yes. So go on, what happened? Well, they put the prices up by up to 30% in some regions. So, yeah. for old, over the three tiers, so PS Plus Essential um, is going to go up by £10. So, yep. from 49.99 to 59.99. So, extra tenner for that. For PS Plus Extra, that's going to go from 83.99 to 99.99. And then finally, for PS Plus Premium, that's going from 99 99 to 119.99 so 20 quid increase for that one well we say going up it's already happened now well yeah it's done now the 6th of september yeah but yeah the thing is i could understand small price increases you know it happens (laughs) well this ain't no small price increase is it no (laughs) <laughs> we, we, we had one is going on? about two years ago as well. Do you know when it went from 39.99 to 49.99? So it's it's not as if it's been a good while since we've had a price increase for it. Yeah. And let's face it, it's probably like the worst month for it to be done on because of the games that they've got for Essential. <laughs> Obviously, we've got Saints Row. I mean, I enjoy it we might what come, it was. We might come back but, onto that in a little bit. Yeah. Stay tuned for that one. Black oh. Desert, what's Traveller? Yeah, Black Desert, Traveller Edition, and then Generation Zero. So, yep, yeah, a feast for the gamers there. <laughs> well worth the extra tether. <laughs> yeah, you think they could have given us something good off the back of this news, but guess not. Yeah, There's a lot of people online saying they've got to cancel the subscriptions. I think a lot of people say that stuff, but don't. But yeah. Well, well how else are they going to play with the mates? Well, exactly. <laughs> Or they could just play single player for everything. But I've heard that people are um, flat out refusing to download the latest batch of free games in like protest. So I'm, I, I'm not I sure how far that, that protest would go. You're only hurting oh, yourself. Yeah, really it's it's really not really a protest, is it? But have you heard of the uh, this other sub story to this about Turkey? So in Turkey, oh. PlayStation Plus Essential 12 month subscription. It was 400 Turkish lira. It is now. 2,340 Turkish lira, which oh is an increase, goodness. which is an increase of around 500 percent. Wow! And all the all the um, levels are around increased of 500 percent. That's wild. which is mental. Do you know what this is to do? It's to stop people this from is, using yeah. the VPN and just buying. Uh, the yeah, I think they, I think they've caught on to like how many like new subscribers they were to Turkey. Probably they were like. Aren't actually based in Turkey, so. But that's massive. Yeah, but I discovered my subscription ended 
middle of next month. So I quickly got in there and bought it before it changed. Yeah. I don't do all these CD keys or whatever it is. Do you not? Uh, best... I'm, I might have to start to now. <laughs> I, I always use CD keys, to be honest. I, I'm, I I tried to do the VPN stuff once, but it didn't really work out. It was a bit too finicky because obviously you've got to change your region settings and pay yeah. with certain cards and stuff like that. So, yeah, but we'll see because mine runs out in November. And I was thinking about trying to stack a couple of months, a couple of months, a couple of years before it changed over. But then I just forgot and it happened. So. Oh, there's that also also that thing like so I think it was also a guy in Turkey, but before this ever happened, these price increases, he stacked up like fifty years worth or something daft oh. like that, as if he knew this increase was coming. Fifty this, years, uh, yeah, 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 in, inside knowledge. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking now, because it it wasn't announced by that point. Change. So, hmm, maybe do you know what will be absolutely guttering if, if, if in like ten years' time it just becomes free and he's paid for fifty years worth of it because he's not going to get his money back. Well, this is the thing. So, like, people online were saying, "Oh, amazing! I, I can't believe he did that. That's yeah, that's well thought out." I'm just thinking, no, you, he's already given up all his money for, for all this period. So, a PlayStation can do whatever they want now. They've taken his money already. So, I don't that's know. it. So, yeah, well done on showing them by giving up your money. <laughs> By the way, I, just, I, I do want to make a statement for this podcast. We, we're not endorsing CD keys. <laughs> just saying that we may have partaken they, in they the exist. Issue. Yes. Yeah. Other key providers are available. Well, speak for exactly. yourself, Matt. Well. I haven't. I just want that on the record. My next door <laughs> neighbour uses CD keys all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I remember the good old days of G2A. Anyway, that's that's unlocked a memory. Anyway. Yeah, we'll we'll keep that story away. <laughs> yeah. So we did briefly mention uh, Saints Row and all of that, which uh, that game caused quite a stir. The reboot, didn't it? When it released, it did. Mm. Not the best reception, either crit- critically or commercially. And uh, as you say, now available on PS Plus. I was reading that apparently for that game to break even. You had to sell two million units. Well, I, I, I don't heard think he the did that. development costs were about hundred million yeah. on it, which is absolutely massive. Mm. Mm. After all this, it got released. Obviously, people panned it, critics panned it, and as a result, Embracer Group has now shut down the developer volition. But did you hear about how this, how this was actually, how they announced this? Because they didn't well, reveal I, it. I saw a statement about it, but yeah, I saw so on Twitter. Ah, Sorry, X. No, no, you didn't. You didn't see the initial one on X because it wasn't initially. The announcement was made on LinkedIn. Oh, it was LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> and it was um, it was literally done just uh, just after the Starfield reviews went live, and people believe it was released to try and bury it under all that. Mm, well, that's well, that's true. I don't know. Uh, the statement. Shall I read it? It says, it says this. Uh, the Volition team has proudly created world-class entertainment for fans around the globe for 30 years. We've been driven by a passion for our community and always worked to deliver joy, surprise and delight. This past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry. As part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the difficult decision to close Volition effective immediately. 
To help our team, we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition for our Volition family members. We thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years. You will always be in our hearts, Volition Games. That's very much a statement I think was made by Embracer, not Volition. That sounds very yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. Well, they're not going to be happy they're our business, are they? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did release a statement themselves on Twitter slash X, which I think is probably what you you read, Matt. But it's fairly, uh, it's fairly lengthy, so I'm not going to read any of that, but you can go and read it yourselves. People have been saying that they think that publisher Deep Silver might be actually responsible for the downfall of the game. Like they were the ones who had decided to take it in this opposite direction and not volition. You know, turning oh, the game, the turning yeah, about the, you know, the direction of the game is like it's all about friendship and that kind of thing. And that's why you got all these hipster characters being annoying. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a huge missed opportunity that, wasn't it? They could have done something special with that game. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because, obviously, um, Volition did Red Faction as well. Yeah, I um, liked Red Faction back in there, yeah. And all the Saints Row games. Like, I, I love Saints Row. I think, in terms of, like, demos, it's the demo that I played the most um, ever. Mm. Um, and then when the game actually came out, I was like, yes, I completed it. I think I've got all the achievements on it as well. Love that. And then Saints Row 2 were fantastic, like, continuing yeah. from the first game. And then... Obviously, it went in a different direction. Uh, Saints Row 3 onwards, 3 and 4 got a bit more zany uh, with like alternate realities and aliens and being able to fly around the city like Superman. I didn't mind the um, third one. Yeah, I thought the third one was okay. The real thing was fourth one where it started going downhill for me. It was just like, who who wanted to like be Superman in this world? Like, I don't think anyone really wanted to. Because it just eliminated a lot of the... Um, staples that Saints Row had set. So you're know, like doing up cars, driving fast, um, you know, getting all sorts of weaponry and stuff and doing zany stuff. Where I say you could just like, like that was still in the game, but like who would do that when you could just fly around and be Superman? Yeah, there's no reason to drive so, when you can fly to wherever you need yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, I think they had, they had a bit of a misstep with. Agents of Mayhem, I think it was called. Yeah. I think that got largely panned as well, which didn't help him either. Was, so. playing, uh, was that one called Get Out of Hell? Oh, yeah. I think that right there. Oh, I, 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 heard, I heard that was better than four, but I've not played it. Well, I don't know, because I, pl- I tried, she could play that corp, I think. And I, th- oh, I think, yeah. I think just, you know, me and my brother start playing it, and I think we played it for like two hours and then just thought nah we're not coming over this it's just crap oh yeah <laughs> never went back oh. to it because i think that i think that might have been a ps plus game back in ages ago hmm. or something like that. i don't remember buying it put it that way but we did play it i know the the remaster free was was on ps plus can't quite remember i don't remember buying it so i must have played it by getting it some other way okay <laughs> but no another developer that's getting closed down through bad decision making. Yeah, so it's always a shame, isn't it? Well, fun, funnily enough, I went on to their website last weekend while I was looking into this, and um, they had like a little splash screen saying, "Here's the 30 more years," and I'm like, "They never saw it coming." Ouch! It's 30 more seconds. <laughs> Probably were. No, were. I think that I think their birthday was in June, July time, so they had a bit more time left. Hope everyone there finds other jobs. 
soon as possible. Fingers crossed. Well, at least people know they were looking because it was released on LinkedIn. So yeah, best place for it. All yeah. things well, being, all yeah. things being yeah. said. Shall we talk a little bit about AI? Sure. Why not? Yeah. So obviously AI at this current moment in time is, is a bit of a controversial topic to talk about. And uh, who else to, to bring more controversy into that topic than our good old friends at Activision? Hey. Hey. So. Uh, what have they done? So what they've done is they've launched a, a beta test for some moderation technology um, currently in North America inside um, both Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone. So in a, uh, in a blog post, Activision did say, uh, Call of Duty's new voice chat moderation system utilizes ToxMod, the AI-powered... ToxMod. <laughs> Yeah, Tox is is aptly uh, named. I'll give it that. So the uh, AI-powered voice chat moderation technology from Modulate to identify in real time and enforce against toxic speech, including hate speech, discriminatory language, harassment, and more. Uh, They went on to say this new development will bolster the ongoing moderation systems led by the Call of Duty anti-toxicity team, which includes text-based filtering across 14 languages for in-game chat, uh, including chat and usernames, as well as a robust in-game player reporting system. Um, I did say as well, well, uh, this is more stats-based, but apparently since the release of Modern Warfare 2 last October, uh, Activision claimed to have restricted voice and or text chat to over 1 million accounts that valid, validated its Call of Duty code of conduct. My God, so, so what? So you say a naughty word and then it bans you. Is that what we're getting at? Quite potentially. Um, even if you say out of jest or stuff, like I wonder like, how much you can pick up on. What's the context going to be? Are we going to get just the, swear to yourself? The workarounds are like people doing text chat to start spelling things out. <laughs> Will it recognise it? Or you start spelling stuff like F-U-C- We'll just leave the rest of that. Uh, <laughs> what it should do, though, it should ban you. What it should do, it should automate it, beep it. That's what it should do. Or in our case, that's that's a dolphin, yeah, that's... dolphin sound. Oh, yeah, perfect. That's great for me. I'd be throwing dolphin language all day if I was doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just I was, I was thinking about this in like the wider terms of, like, how potentially dangerous this could be for, like, moderating. Like, I'm, I'm all for stuff for, like... So in terms of like, like I remember playing old school Call of Duty back in the day and like having to play Search and Destroy. So like me and my my party like were forced into in-game chat and like when you die, you could then end up like chatting to like the opposite team that were like also like died and stuff. And obviously you get lots of banter and insults and stuff, but I don't think anything like was too seriously said maybe potential n-word was thrown here and there that could have been not needed but i'm just wondering like how much would it i guess it depends what it's monitoring though isn't it i, I think so i think if, yeah. it's like, if it's things like racial slurs or things like that yeah if there's like I, racial I get slurs it. anything hateful um any like anti-lgbt stuff then clearly that that does need 
stamping down on. But also, like, you know, like, if it's filled for just, like, even just basic swear words that you would... I find that very hard to believe, because people naturally just swear when they're playing competitive video games. Yeah. So I think it'd be a silly endeavour to do that. Mm. But I don't know. I suppose they'll they'll have to see, obviously, at the moment, it's in beta testing. So we'll see how much it can fill, like, how it can tell between someone just swearing out in anger and then maybe someone in, like, direct insults to someone. Yeah. So... But I could say, see if it's successful, we could get implemented in, in other systems and that. But I assume this is just in-game parties, so wouldn't affect private. I would hope not. I would hope when you're in a, like, a party chat, then it wouldn't. Actually, obviously it would, because that, they wouldn't be Activision then, do it, would it? So, yeah, True. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's where it potentially gets dangerous if it starts filtering to like PlayStation parties and stuff. Then it'll be like, oh, okay, you need to calm down a little bit. I mean, it might be a case that they've seen an increase of that sort of behaviour, so maybe they thought about to implement it, I don't know. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, he, he even said, uh, he even said as part of the article, it said um, 20% of players didn't re-offend after getting a first warning, while those that did receive penalties, including voice and text bans and temporary account restrictions. So they could be quite flexible in how they implement this and, like, you know... Does maybe- that mean mute you for like x amount of hours if you like, have like I mean, it might be a strike system could be does that mean it's working though has anybody complained about being missed um, banned? i mean that I don't, think, I don't think that was based on the talks mod i think that was more general um violations oh, found right, so like when they did give warnings out they were to report players then they kind of well 20 percent of them quit anyway I think, it, it was, I think it, they're probably looking into um, releasing it around the time Modern Warfare 3 comes out globally. So we'll, we'll see how it gets implemented. Well, I will anyway, once I get my warning. <laughs> I can see there maybe being a bit of kickback on this, to be honest, just in terms of the niche of people that really believe in free speech not being monitored. Yeah, it's Call of Duty players. They just want the shooty shooty bang bang. They don't care about all that stuff. <laughs> They'll play it regardless, mate. You know it. I mean, look at me. I'm I'm like an addict at this point. That's it. But tell myself I'm going to get the next Call of Duty, and then they bring me back with some sort of news. Then I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> yes, give me my. Oh, one. you're doing another cod, you say? Oh, go on then. <laughs> You've suckered me in. <laughs> yeah, here's my seventy. British pants. Yeah, so some news has come out from uh, Gamescom that Nintendo have, have showed off the some Switch 2 demos mm. um, to yeah. certain developers, which is quite interesting. Switch 2. So there's two main examples that we're aware of. One was quite astounding, actually. I'll get into the first one. So firstly, um, they've shown off um, what we understand to be a copy of Zelda Breath of the Wild running with a higher frame rate and resolution than the original one, just to showcase kind of the new specs of the Switch 2. Hardware, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's quite interesting. I mean, some people are saying, oh, are they going to re-release it? But I don't know. It's No. I, I, that, would, that would be a surprise. Like they might as well focus on like the next Zelda at this point. Just to an update, if anything. But it's Nintendo, it. isn't it? How many times have we had Twilight Princess? 
Three, four. Four. Three. GameCube. Yeah. Wii. Wii U. Wii U. Wii U. We We've not had it. No, not yet. All oh, right, three. That's then. that's the that's the rumored. That's um, the upcoming one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the rumor that they're going to bring out Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to Switch. Well, anyway, we'll see about that. Please. So the next, this was quite surprising. So this comes from a VGC source that claimed that Nintendo showcased the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine 5 yeah. tech demo. I heard about this. Um, yeah. So this released in 2001, if you can remember, to showcase the um, new engine. On Don't play with yeah. mate. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> 2021. Wow. I mean, Whoa. Way, way <laughs> ahead of its time. Okay. Oh, really advanced for its Ooh. time, yeah. <laughs> to, sh- to showcase the Xbox. Three, no, it would have just, just been the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So it came yeah, out in 2021 <laughs> to showcase um, on PS5 and Series X, um, just to show kind of what the next generation of games were going to look like and act like. And I thought it was like a really impressive showing, like in terms of like the graphics, the ray tracing. Um, and what astounded me about it is like you you kind of played a game in this little section and then it kind of zoomed out and showed you like all the polygons and everything that were in play. Um, but I mean, if the switch can do anything near that, then wow. And if it, and the rumors, if it's true, it's still going to be like a handheld dockable console. Be astounding. Well, funnily enough, I read another source, um, that when they were showing this, um, dev kit off, I think one of them was showing off, um, I think it was the Final Fantasy VII Remake into Integrate version. And uh, from some of the sources they've saying, it was running at a very near identical PS5 level, which is like, if, if the next Switch could do that, then I could see it selling. Was there something ridiculous. about it running on NVIDIA or something like that? Yeah, so I think I think they found it. I think they've got like a partnership with Nvidia um, to integrate their like GPUs into uh, into the new Switch handhelds. So, I mean, if that's if that's the case, then exciting times. I mean, yeah, this would be pretty big for Nintendo. We could even get if if it's like that powerful, we could even get like a more lifelike version of like po- a Pokemon game or Zelda, like something stunning. Ah, I won't. I won't mind if it was Zelda per se, because that's what they try and aim for. Oh, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Um, but Pokemon. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want like a real life looking Pokemon game. I would. No, I've seen, lo- I, I've seen loads of videos on TikTok about what it could look like, and I'm, I'm oh, there for it. I want it. It's so bad. They're terrible. They're like, oh, look, we can put everything in Unreal Engine 5, and it looks so shiny. Yeah, but then it's lost all like, the art style they had. It's not don't care about that. Well, it's life. I've got enough games with art style. No, you don't. We need games to push art as much as graphics. We've We've got Starfield for that. We've got Spider-Man 2 coming up that's doing that. I've had Resident Evil 4 doing that. I want I want artistic style games still. I don't want them to die. Else well, everything not gonna looks die. the same because everything's running on a bloody Unreal Engine 5. 
like Project Red is moving on to now. They're moving on to that engine. They're killing like their uh, I forgot what their engine's called, but they're not going to be using it after um, Cyberpunk. So no. <laughs> Out with the, the old thing with the new. That's fine, but just be creative with it. Don't be samey samey. Well, if Nintendo's going to get their hands on it, they'll just re-release all their old games anyway with the artistic style, so it's fine. We'll get the best of both worlds, mate. Like Hannah Montana. I... Moving I on. Don't, I don't understand that reference, but all right. It's all right, you don't need to. It's, it's... it's all right, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll uh, tell you just... after. Okay. <laughs> uh, Shall we keep up with Nintendo, Nintendo then? Talk about yes. their recent direct, the little direct thing they had. Yeah. So, a game I presume you're looking forward to. It's coming out on the same day as Spider-Man. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to do. It's obvious. By both. both. By both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying both, obviously, but what there to play go. first? Well, anyway, questions. this is all about Super Mario Wonder now. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so we got a direct on the 31st of August and um, showed off all the new playable characters, new enemies, new power-ups, local multiplayer, online multiplayer, and then um, the new Nintendo Switch that I got clickbaited on after the event because I thought they'd release the actual Switch 2 and it was just <laughs> the red Mario Switch that OLED. Here's the Switch Pro! Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did, I did like Don't some do. bits that they announced about this game, though. I mean, I like the uh, the variance in the characters. So, like, if you're playing Yoshi or Nabbit, that they don't take damage. So, if you're not mm. particularly good at those games, easy for the kids yeah. and Mark. Exactly. I'm all, I'm all here for I like that. Because you, you can play as them, but they don't get the transformations either. But they've got their own like style of play anyway. Like Yoshi can like do the floating. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. And he can eat objects and spit them out as well. Yeah, that's why he does. Always love yeah. that. Siyoshi. Yeah, so you can play as Luigi, Peach, Daisy. You can, you got two Toad options and Toadette. And yeah. and they all play in the same way. So, oh, well, obviously, I'm Mario. Let's not forget that. Oh, I was about to bring that. I was like, I think you missed something. <laughs> and, and they all play in the same way. So you can actually pick your favorite character and not have any adverse effects on the way that you play, which is good. Wait, doesn't... As, haven't historically they've always done Luigi where he he's actually got a slightly higher jump than Mario? Well, apparently they're all going to play the same. So. Are they all the same now? Okay. We'll see. Wait and see. Some interesting new power-ups that they showed off as well. Mm. Got, the, uh, got, the, got the big boy elephant. 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 Yep. Yeah, just swinging the trunk around, attacking the enemies. Yeah. Breaking through blocks. Yep. Um, one thing I liked is that when he stored the water in his trunk and he could spray it out, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he can do it for like growing um fine paths up into into the sky. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Then we had the bubble form. Mm. So we can blow bubbles and trap enemies and use the bubbles to take them out as well. And then yep. you can also use them as platforms, which is quite interesting. That's another layer. Mm. So the next one was the drill form. So this is where you can uh, drill down into the ground and kind of burrow, burrow under your enemies to make it a bit easier. So you can also take out any fallen enemies coming down as well. 
Yeah, and they also showed off that we get the classic uh, fire form. So love that one, just using the fire to absolutely annihilate the enemies. And in this one, I don't know if this is a first or not, but you can hang on to an extra power up. So that adds another dynamic to the game where you can um, um, you can swap them depending on the situation. I don't think it was the first time. I think you've been able to hold on to other powers before. I think what they mentioned here was the first time where you could actually switch between them. Hmm. So you you used to be able to store power up, and then like if you got knocked to like mini version of Mario, you could like call on the power up that would fall like from the sky, and you could pick it back up then. But I think here was like the first one you could actually. When you've got power up stored and you've already got another power up uh, at the moment, you could switch between them. So you'd be like, you could be elephant, and then suddenly you could switch to fire, flower, which I thought was actually adds quite good uh, interest and depth to the game as well. I think it's, it's been sorely missing. Some of the new enemies looked cool as well. The uh, the melon uh, piranha plant. Yeah. It shoots it's like seeds a AK forty seven style. Yeah. I like the, is, was it called the hobby cat? The, the oh, one the that hobby like, cats, hobby yeah. Cat. Yeah, hobby cat, that's it, yeah. Where it um, replicates when you when you jump, it jumps at the same time. So that'd be quite interesting to see how you get around it. I can't remember. Uh, Condarts, as well. those flying bird things. The sharp yeah, beaks. They, yeah, they, look, they look dangerous. Uh, mumsies. It's like mummies that you can unravel. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting concept. And more moors. Things I just eat. They, they are absolutely annoying. I, th- I think they would annoy me the most. <laughs> oh, and conks. Was another one. I did dance cocks, but... <laughs> oh. I, d- I don't think it was that funny. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. I don't know what they did. There. I've, I've just got... They, oh, they, they, they plow like the fish. Oh, the goo. Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Yeah. Big, massive stone oh. things. But they can go through goo, it showed. Yeah. yeah. So you're not safe. I think you had some of the classic ones coming as well. Obviously, you've got your Goombas and your Koopa Troopas. And probably yeah. the annoying cheap, cheap fish that's always in games. I just <laughs> want to give a shout out to one of the names of the levels yeah. Fluff Puff Peaks. Fantastic. <laughs> Great name. Uh, and then they were showing off the concept as well where you, where you find the. Um, the Wonder Flower. The Wonder Flowers and levels and what they can do. Mm. So these just look like a fun acid trip, don't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like pipes sliding along the ground uh which is a bit of a weird one you also had them like going up and down in like a row at one point yeah like there's always like tilting the level yeah yeah and then you can like also an enemy... like free fall as well yeah like yeah you're going like a free fall through clouds okay. an enemy stampede like that. yes yeah you had that one you also had one where they changed the perspective so yeah. in 2d it was like that was interesting. Top down 2D, which seemed cool. Oh, there was a little always floating through space. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. And then your character can transform uh, as well. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think they So Mario can be like quick. a Goomba. Oh, no, they didn't do that. Yes, you could be like a Goomba. Um, a spike ball or turn into a bubble. The spike ball looks quite interesting. Mm. Is that the one where they had bowling sounds as well? I like that. Every time it hit something, it made the bowling sound. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite cool. Yeah. They, they, and then they mentioned as well that you had these seeds um yeah, the inside seeds. parts that like once you pick them up then it returned the level back to normal. Yeah. You can use these seeds um outside the levels. I think it was to Yeah, it opened up some levels. 
yeah, you can open up like certain path routes, I would imagine. So quite One interesting. Thing I did like actually. I, I don't know if we we're going to get onto this later, but if you can't do a level, you can move on to other levels. Yeah. You know, so you don't get too angry. Because that's what I'd be like. I get stuck on a level and be like, I don't want to play this anymore. Oh. But you can play like other levels in the world and then come back to it. So I think that's quite good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like um, you could like walk around in the open world as well for like the first mm. time. You weren't like in a set path. Yeah. Well, you could be, but then you had uh, open areas and they called them where you could just you can sit whatever path you want to. I also like the interesting concepts this time of. Um, Bowser fusing with the Flower Kingdom castle. Yeah. It's just this like massive sentient castle bisque. It's like, okay. I like the, uh, the concept of the badgers. Yeah. Not the black oh, and white oh, yeah. woodland creatures, by the way, like badgers that you stick on you. No, no, those ones. Oh, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows <laughs> did, you not, did you miss that bit? Oh, blooming heck. I must have skipped past that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have. thought they were cool as well. There's yeah. one badge in particular that was my favourite, though. Oh yeah, the dolphin kick badge. Hey, yeah, I, thought were, I thought it was going to be that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they showed off quite a lot. I was like, "Blooming egg, is there any more?" And then they kept showing more and more and more of them. So, we'll just have a quick rundown of what we got shown, though. Yeah. So there was the uh, parachute cap badge. So that slows you f- your fall when jumping. Mm-hmm. Fairly self-explanatory, that one, I think. Yep. You've got the wall climb badge, well, also play, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. allows you to climb walls. Um, dolphin kick, obviously, our favourite. Um, allows you to unleash more speed when underwater. And you can also um, break underwater blocks as well with that one. So a couple of cool things there. Um, crouching high jump. So you can do like a charge up leap with that one. Um, gripping vine. No, grappling vine, not gripping vine. What am I talking about? So that allows you to um, shoot vines um, to grapple to locations. So that would be pretty cool. Um, safety bounce. So from what I can see on this one, if you were going to die in like lava, for example, it saves you from it and you can bounce and try and get into another platform. So it gives you, in essence, another, another chance. Uh, we've got sensor. Um, so that allows you to easily find important items uh, within the level um you've got coin magnet so if you break some blocks or find some coins they'll just attract to you as if you're a magnet clues in the name you've got invisibility now this one seems like a pretty broken one because you're invisible on the map and invisible to enemies so i think for this one it depends how long it lets you do it for because i don't imagine it'll let you do the entire level with that badge and be able to just get past everything yeah, but does it make did this say something that makes you invisible so you can't see either yeah so you're invisible and that'll be tricky the enemies are so, like, yeah, I think that maybe I that's that. the counteract to it it's mm. like, even you can't see where you are it's not gonna be easy for you is it yeah that'll be great for speedrunners <laughs> oh, well this next one will be good for speedrunners as well jet run so it allows you to yeah. dash through levels so and you can also run in the air for a short space of time as well so yeah, but the, there were more badges than that. That's just what they showed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can equip one badge per course. So, again, it, it goes back to if you've equipped a badge and it might not be quite right for you to complete that course, you can come back out, re-equip another one, and then go back in and try again. Yeah, and then you've got a special badge challenge course as well, don't you? Mm. 
to learn other ones. Yeah, and then other badges can be purchased from the Poplin shops. Hmm. This next bit was quite interesting about the multiplayer. Hmm. Four so people it, playing locally in the yeah, same console, so, which is always yeah. good. And he's doing the, uh, the thing, I think that's in um, Cuphead. It, it's probably been in other things as well. But where if you if you effectively you die, a friend can revive you if you jump into her. Yeah, I thought that were quite good. So yeah. when you die in the yeah. game, you've got like a little timer that times down, and if somebody jumps into you, then it can bring you back to, into the game. I think that's been in other Mario games as well, if I recall. If a player is a Yoshi, you can ride him. That's gonna be irritating. Who who controls who <laughs> at that point? Uh, I think it'd be think... the person riding, wouldn't it? I don't know. I think you've got to give it to the... In terms of gameplay, I think you've got to give it to the Yoshi player. Otherwise, you just keep losing control of your own character constantly. Yeah, With other people jumping on you. But the online player thing, that seems quite interesting. So you see other players on the map and courses, like, in shadow form. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you get defeated, a shadow player can save you. Oh, interesting. Or you move yourself into... I don't know. Yeah, you can save them sort of thing. Yeah. And you can send items to each other and exchange greetings. Ooh. This bit where you can place standees. Yeah, I thought that were good. Like, if you want to be a really nice person, you can place them before a really difficult bit of the level and then you can use that as a, a way to... Yeah, again, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I like the heart system to kind of display, like, how much of a nice person you were within the game. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole bit kind of reminded me of... Um, Death Stranding. As so I said, Death Stranding there with likes and that. Yeah, so you, you, basically you can put things down. Obviously, it's a single-player game, and but you can put things down and they may appear in other people's games. Mm. And then you can put likes and all that and then you build up a reputation, things like that. And this kind of, kind of reminds me of this, where you sort of help. It's Effectively, you are playing on your own, but you are helping each other. Yeah. It? Yeah. It's nice. But then you can create lobbies as well, can't you? And play with people. And then oh, it says something about friend races. So you can just have these random Ooh, races on each fun. other. Oh, we can, like, block each other and, like, you know, jump on each other's heads. Like, you know, if you're, like, both jumping over a gap or something, you just, like, knock one down. <laughs> oh, I doubt they'd be that competitive with it, to be honest. I Everyone's would be absolutely be competitive with it. <laughs> like, nope, I'm sending you down to the other. Can you jump on the Yoshi in the race? Oh, like two people working oh, together. Right. <laughs> you best do that thing yeah. where you can push the Yoshi down into the pit. <laughs> but well, that's pretty much all they showed off really wouldn't it yeah and that released on October 20th as you say same day as Spiderman and yeah the uh, the new Switch OLED edition in Mario Red yeah well, I didn't know Mario awesome. had a red but yeah but that comes out October the 6th oh nice so two weeks before for reasons what? why did Nintendo do this they did the same with the Tears of the Kingdom Switch Release it before. Why don't you just release it on the day and package it with a game? Money, money. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's pretty yeah. Nice, <laughs> I think Speak- it's, 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 it's like to encourage people to buy a console and then get excited about the game that's coming up for it. Mm. I can forget that they have to buy the game as well. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo is really weird with that. So I'm sure they've done that with like other consoles as well. Like 3DS has had quite specialised versions that haven't then also come with a game yeah so that was the super mario wonders direct mm. so 
Do you guys remember this little game called Skull and Bones? Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Hmm. So it was revealed in at E3 2017. And for those who don't know, uh, this was a game where it basically used the mechanics of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. And it's like a, a PvP naval combat pirate game. That's the idea behind it. Yeah. And it's been plagued by like multiple changes of direction in terms of what it was. It succeeded its budget. It's been delayed six times. And they ha- they've also had this weird commitment with the Singapore government. That means that they must release the game at some point. And in the process, two creative directors left the project. But there's news. There's new news. A third creative director has now left the project. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And they've been on it for five years. Oh, wow. So that's quite significant. Wow. They must really not agree with the direction that it's going in. But that's not all. Things are getting worse because... Um, the developer, Ubisoft Singapore, may be facing a labour campaign by the Creative Media and Publishing Union investigating its workplace conditions in regards to its treatment, equality and pay off its staff. Oh. So, Communists. In reading all this, I, I found out something else that I didn't know about. Something I didn't know. It says, uh, in 2019, a Skull and Bones TV show was announced, partnering with Atlas Entertainment. That'll be out before the game. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Is this going to come out before the game? That's insane. Don't remember that. <laughs> but let's be honest, this game's dead on arrival, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I... when I last saw the gameplay of it, it just the stream has annoyed me. Uh, there have been close beaters of it as well. Actually, I was invited to one of them, and I never played the game. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> that. Oh, I got some juicy. I just, I just didn't want to. I was sworn to oh, see oh, it. So. I still didn't bother doing it anyway. Do digital, digital ins as a journalist. things to play, so. It's not looking good, is it? It's just... So. I reckon you got, like, the email for the closed beta and you got, like, PTSD and Black Flag, like, no! <laughs> yeah. Just like that, rocking Re- backwards and forwards. Yeah. Reopening no old like rooms. <laughs> the thing is, I think if they didn't have this thing with the single goal, single goal, Singapore <laughs> government, I think this would have been canned ages ago. Oh, yeah. No, oh, easy. Easy. They don't know what to do with it, so it's like, just, just let it die. Why is it so difficult? I don't understand because what they had that mechanic in Black Flag. Yeah, just what, rip it, copy and paste it. <laughs> but I think there's been there's been so many different ideas on what the game was going to be. So oh, I, yes. I, I can't even remember what the original like pitch for it was. Was it going to be just a new IP based on pirates? Was it always going to be PvP? I presumed it was, but I don't know. It's, it's Ubisoft, so I, I lean towards that's what it's going to be. Well, that's what I thought. I thought it was like, okay, it's probably going to be like their next big live service game after Division. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be PvP, VE. You're going to have, like, missions that you can do with other, you know, friends' crews. You'll be going around the Caribbean, you know, doing stuff. And then you, maybe you'll have, like, I don't know, Dead, dead Man's treasure areas where that'll be like the pvp focused you know similar to black zones i think i would say similar to black zone uh, areas in division as well but again yeah probably like see if well see if these is a bit more deadly should we say (laughs) as soon as you leave as soon as you leave paul that's it it's like right now you can just get attacked whenever always fun though 
so, but it's, I don't know, as people have been leaving, visions have changed all the time or what it needs to be, and it's just, just release it. I don't care in what state it is now. Just release it and just the don't is, for, the, for their own benefit, they should probably just release it. Yeah. Because yeah, then they don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Just get it out of there. Yeah. Just, just nobody, just nobody will buy it. Stadia, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stadia. I said Stadia. <laughs> nobody cares about it, don't exist. Well, well, <laughs> It's like this game, then, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. called Graveyard at this point. Who's going to take on the creative director job there? One of us may as well do it at this rate. Yeah. This rate. yeah can't go, it one. can't go any worse. <laughs> do, you, do you know what they should do with it? <laughs> Somehow splice it into Mirage as a dream sequence that the pirates <laughs> and then get skirt around it that way that they released it. Yeah. That's it. Ubisoft calls. Solve the questions. <laughs> Release it as a free DLC for uh, Mirage. <laughs> right, well, should we move on from one game that seems can't come out to another one that has been, should we say, stuck in one region until now? I say till now. In what like, Japanese game are we getting now then? <laughs> well, I'm sure we've all played uh, the wonderful Sega classic Daytona. Yeah. Say. Indeed. Good old classic in the arcade games. Um, but did you know there was actually a sequel to Daytona USA? No. So Daytona USA 2 um, was a game that came out in the arcades in Japan, I believe. Um, and it was actually planned to be released on the Dreamcast over in the West. Um, but the project actually got cancelled. And so they ended up releasing like a special edition of the original game instead. But after 25 years, it's going to be finally coming to consoles. Is there a reason why now? The reason why is because it's going to be part of one of many mini games in the Like a Dragon, the man who erased his name. Ah. Oh, nice. That explains it. So, the gift that keeps on giving Yakuza games with all its unreleased stuff. There's even uh, there's another game that's actually coming out. I don't know if it's on this one, if it's been on previous ones but the the released a uh, fine game fine vipers 2 something else that only received a dreamcast port in japan and europe only so american missed out on that one finally finally missed out on games <laughs> we normally do but yeah no it's just be good news to, to play a sequel that no one's ever really played until kind of in kind of now so that's good please see in the light of day so people can enjoy it Mm. Well, what they've also had to do to avoid um, rice issues, they've, they're going to be renaming the game in Like a Dragon. So it'll be called Sega Racing Classic 2. Ah, because they've lost the Daytona naming rights. Yeah, yeah pre- kind of pretty much. So, um, But yeah, no, that's so it's good news to hear region-locked games finally come, come across the seas. Yeah, definitely. Just another reason to buy that game then. Yeah. I mean, the only reason you need is just to just to beat up people in the most hilarious fashion. Pocket circuit racing. That's the reason to play it. Well, there's, there's that too. I mean, I've heard it is and, coming to... Yeah, yeah. And cabaret clubs. I quite enjoyed that. True, true. Yeah, you've got your darts as well. Always love a bit of darts. Right, shall we finish off with the least surprising news ever? Go on then. Okay, so E3 2024 is in doubt. <gasps> because <laughs> because the organiser Reed Pop has now pulled that from the event. 
they are no longer organising it. Right, so, so no one's organising. So it's also confirmed it will. Uh, it's also been confirmed that it will not be hosted at the event's long-term home, the LA Convention Centre. I mean, we already knew it was dead, but yeah. it seems the organisers don't even believe in it now. So <laughs> I think. It's, I mean, oh, it's it's like a horse with a broken leg. Just just finish it off to shoot it. I mean, it's got four broken legs. I mean, what's that I hear? I think it's the sound of Jeff Keighley dancing on E3's grave. Yeah. yeah. I think after He's that news it. came out, he put like a really <laughs> well-timed tweet out afterwards, didn't he? Yeah, totally planned. Yeah. About, um... Yeah, about this year's E3 being cancelled, yeah. Like, the, the ultimate insult would be if Jeff actually bought E3 <laughs> and, like, made his, like, part of his special. I don't know how, but... Key yeah, 3 <laughs> yeah. With more Bill Clintons. Yeah. Thing is, we've got something in its place now, aren't we? So there's no, unless they unless they change it a lot, there's no room for it anymore. I don't think, unfortunately. When the organizer said, "Nope, we're not getting involved," I guess that's it, then, isn't it? Even they don't care. So fair yeah. enough. Would it be nice for there to be like one last one, just go out with a bang? It's with a whimper. Well, have they announced that they might be doing summer for 2025? Oh, let's let's not. <laughs> it's not going to happen, mate. I feel like I it's read somewhere good. that like they might do, but it would be like it would not be in the format that it's currently in. Like it would be substantially changed. I thought they were going to try that for this one though. This year, and it just didn't work because nobody there was no interest in it, was there? Well, all all the big publishers now have like well. We don't need E3 to like show off our games. We can just do that when we're actually ready. <laughs> well, the thing is, Ubisoft initially announced they were going to do some E3, and then they said, "Oh, actually, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to join Jeff's lot." Jeff is like, "Here's some money." Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a reward. <laughs> but there you go. I think that's it for the news. Show a woman to what we currently play. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Uh, Matt, do you want to kick us off? Go on then, I'll kick us off. It's been a while. Um, so I've played a couple of things. Uh, one that would probably not surprise you is I've continued my playthrough of Judgment. I'm shocked. Finished it yet? Thank you. Nope, not finished <laughs> yet. I'm getting closer. I'm every, keep asking every, every podcast. <laughs> so right now at the moment, I have reached Chapter 8. Um, basically what's happened in between is um, Takayuki Yagami who is the main protagonist that you play um, has suspiciously found a dead body in his own apartment oh and so he's the killer <laughs> well that's, that's what the police think so yeah that's it game over back on the keys uh, in the name judgment. judgment he's judging yeah. himself yeah. well if you knew what the uh, the Japanese name for this game is then it's called Judge Eyes so, bit of trivia. Uh, so, he's a bit like, hmm, what's happened here then? So, because yeah, if you found a wonder. dead body in your apartment, <laughs> that's be your initial thought, wouldn't it? Hmm, what's going on here? <laughs> what's happened here then? So, I, I mean, I know spoiler, like, obviously, who the dead body is, but I was trying to skirt around as much spoiler as I can. But basically, this starts uh, leading on a trail for um, Yagami to start investigating kind of. Uh, the suspicious circumstances over the murder. Um, going through sort of the fella's 
phone calls that he's been doing, and he's noticed a particular phone call over to this um, medical center, the ADDC. And he's wanting, it essentially, it leads you to sort of wondering, okay, what's who's he tried to call here then, and what's what's going on basically. Um, and then that ends up leading you to sort of almost like a like a flashback uh, episode where you go back. I think it's about three years where you're playing as like a, a younger Yagami who at this point is like a lawyer and you're essentially um, trying to figure out um, a couple of things over uh, another murder basically like you're, you're representing this person that's been accused of murder and you're trying to essentially find ways of like well hopefully he hasn't murdered so let's see if we can find anything that could link that basically um, so you go through that and then you'll, you'll come back to sort of present day and you're trying to, uh, trying to find out who the person is that's supposedly, um, spoke to this dead guy last. Um, and then it just starts leaning on, leaning on to the point where the, the, um, the police want to bring Yagami in for interrogation. But before he does that, he's trying to get some information about this, uh, vice director of this ADDC that mysteriously died six months ago <laughs> everyone is just dying in camera <laughs> so you try to work out like how that's all linked and that also sort of leads you to where you um you start playing as um oh i forget her name so i think i think her name is sayori um basically she's someone who works at yagami's old law firm um, and we'll give you like side quest, uh, side cases to do every so often in the game. But you, at this point, you like request her help to become like a, a undercover hostess for the night, trying to get information about this dead vice director because he was here before he died at some point. So you're trying to figure that out. Um, you get some stuff on there, and then the next day the police will bring Yagami in talk to him and they kind of reveal that actually he's not he's not been a suspect at all they've actually been trying to follow this uh this other police detective that they've got a bit suspicions on who throughout the game has actually been helping give you like information on cases and stuff so i've got to a point now where this detective calls yugami he's like look i'm being arrested can you help me basically so i'm, I'm at this point now of like i've met with with detective um gonna try and sort of figure out if he's potentially being set up or if he actually is the killer or not and we'll see we'll see what happens from there on um again it's just like it's typical you know yakuza stuff there's twists within twists within twists going on you know suddenly this guy's a bad guy but then you find out later on that He's been doing all this stuff under good intentions, but he's actually been led on by this guy who's then, you know, it goes on a lot like that. Like, Yakuza's just, like, full of it, and it's rampant in here as well. So, hopefully you're going to play, um, obviously continue to play through that. Hopefully I can try and get that completed at some point, because I'd like to get it completed. Uh, eventually move on to maybe the next Yakuza game, or maybe maybe something different, just to... Just to take a deep breath from the series because it's quite a lot when you're playing some of these games like a lot happens it's a lot of time and everything into well i say you dedicate a lot of time as well so um 
One one thing I've unlocked since the last few chapters is this app on my phone. It's like a it's like Yakuza's own um, Kickstarter, where you've got like certain projects that you can like dedicate money to. So you've got stuff like um, there's one which is like a skill book that unlock um, like a new skill for your game to use. There was another one for QR reader because there's there's um, there's QR codes like scattered around uh, Kamarocho that you need to scan with your drone, and each one gives you like um, an extra part to build like a, a new drone, um, I suppose part in effect, so you can like upgrade your drone and stuff, which would be pretty cool. Um, I think probably the most expensive one at the moment is to unlock like the medium difficulty on the dice and oh no, I forgot what it was called. The virtual reality game is called Paradise VR. Um, so you can like unlock a new difficulty there that you can go through and get a lot of money out of that if you want. That's probably the biggest money maker actually playing those games. Going on the medium course, you can get you can get like up to like to 300,000 yen, um, which is pretty nice. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's most of what I've done within Judgment. So I'll move on to a very old game that I probably played. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the pod, but I've played it previously when it first came out on the Switch. And I've kind of gone back to it now on the PS5. They released like a uh, PS5 upgrades, and then the recent sales, I like snatched up all the DLC because I wanted to get through all of it. Um, so I returned to the jolly old world of Dead Cells. Hmm. So if you don't know what Dead Cells is, it is a 2D side-scrolling hack and slash rogue light where you Players, this like I suppose I think his official name is the prisoner, and he's essentially this blob of goo that drops into a dead body and reanimates it. Nice. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. Um, so you run into this like female knight who's like, yeah, this this island kind of sucks. Um, interestingly, you're the only person that can come back to life, which she doesn't question, but like, okay. <laughs> um, and then she essentially nods you farewell as you go on your quest through through the island for all the different levels. So basically, you've got um, section of levels. They're all um, I forget the word procedurally generated. Um, and you go through fine enemies. Um, and essentially making your way through each level um, to the point where you get certain bosses and you have to beat them and such and such, and then you get to the end. And then if you ever, if you make your way through a level, you end up getting what's called cells from enemies. And after each end of the level, you get to like um, what they call like the passage between prison and barracks, for say. And you can use here where you'll meet certain, you'll meet certain people where you can use these cells to upgrade um, certain, I want to say attributes, but you can upgrade perks that will help you on your way. So you can unlock like a health flask that you can use once 
per level to give yourself health, which you can then upgrade with more cells to get more flasks. Um, you can upgrade like golden reserves, so each time you die, you keep a certain amount of gold on you. So you can use that for like shops and buy upgraded weapons or accessories. Um, and then yeah, like I try to think of like I've not got too much into the story of it. Like the first I got was probably stage five, which is the clock tower, and just getting there is like hell on earth because it's it's a difficult game like think of it as like a 2d souls-esque game as well. <laughs> try not to avoid saying dark souls all the time <laughs> um just call it what it is mate yeah but it's it's got like a dark sense of humor um to it which is quite up my alley i suppose because <laughs> uh, uh, essentially as you die you'll come back and start in the prison again and you'll meet like the tutorial night again, who's like, oh, you've died, well, nothing can, like, beat you, so just carry on. And then, like, after about the third or fourth death, you come back and you find her, like, she's been impaled by a sword. Randomly. She's just dead. Like, okay. And then, like, a couple of more, like, at least, like, a death or two later, you start seeing, like, her rotted corpse. And it's like, oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> That's not nice. Um, but you go through these levels and you've got, like, different... Um, Stages that you can go through as well. So when when I've been unlocking all these, well, when I bought the DLCs, it's given me access to other stages. So I've gotten like this, um, rather than going from the prison to um, the, I think it's called the ramparts. Instead, I've gone into this like mushroom world where like all the enemies are like mushroom based, which is strange. I don't think there's ever like um, reason for it, but. It's an alternate route that you can go through and eventually get to the boss, uh, the first boss, which is then called the. He's used to call the prison warden, but I forgot what he's called now, like the consungeon. That doesn't sound like a word. We'll check it. We'll, we'll roll with it. It's something like con something. Um, and he's quite difficult as well. He's difficult, but he's got like um certain patterns you can learn. I think once you start taking those patterns down. It can be quite easy, but you start picking up like all sorts of weapons and stuff. Like you've got your traditional swords, um, you've got like uh, elemental whips that you can use. You can use bow and arrows. You've got shields that can parry. Um, and then you've also got these. Um, uh, I forgot what they, what they actually call them. You can get stuff like you can throw like a, a sword trap down, and so long as you're near it, it will fire like sword blades to like the nearest enemy. Um, but you've also got like ice blasts that freeze them. Um, you've got like bear traps that can stop, stun them in place. There's all sorts of like, um, strategies that you can take into it. And probably the biggest reason why I got back into the dead cells was because of the release of the most recent DLC, which was the return to Castlevania one. But I haven't played too much into it yet. I actually want to try and get through like a, like a, a a whole cycle eventually and kind of then go from there through the, all the DLC stuff. But I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I really like it. I do like the like sprite art style that it's got going for it. Again, plenty of dark humor and stuff. Um, and it's just, it's one of those games where you just kind of like, you die and you just kind of like, all right, maybe, maybe one more round. We'll, we'll see how we get this far. And you die again. It's like, all right, maybe one more. I got a little further. 
let's see how we get on. And then, like, you know, two hours later, you're like, I should be at work. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I've been enjoying that, getting through that, back through there. Um, two other games, new games that have started. I've not got too far into as of yet. So, but I want to make a sort of a, a mention to at least certainly one of them for related news, we should say. So, as we do know, one of the uh, September essential PS Plus games that came out was Saints Row. And I thought, you know, in respect to Volition, because I love my Saints Row games and it's a bit sad that they've been closed, um, I thought I'd shoot this bad boy up. So, basically, it seems to start in, like, in a bit of a, a future pretense at the moment. You follow this, like, Antonio guy who's, like, rocked up to the Saints um, mansion. Seems like he wants to do a deal with, uh, with the lady of the Saints, who happens to be you. Um, and then you go through your character creation. So, I mean, I, I can spend freaking hours and character customizations, honestly. Well, I did that character customization thing because they released a demo thing before, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Yeah. And I did mine. Oh, I never yeah. Got the, never got the game. Well, until PS4. Oh, you got it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. can you use it. Uh, um, yeah, so I just I ended up making this, like, female British uh, sense. It's got, like, a really strong British accent. Did you see all the different eyes you could give him? They were weird. There's some strange ones, like triple, like, yeah. iris. Well, like all like the different skins as well you can give him like you can give him like sunburnt tan skin or like this like metallic robot. Um one thing I actually do respect that they put in was being able to put like amputee yeah, um, aesthetics and things prosthetics like that. Yeah. Stuff. I thought that was wicked. I love that they actually did that. They're just like, oh you can actually care to you know, making like pretty much your character and stuff. Um, they did that on Forza Horizon as well. Oh, yeah, you could give yourself prosthetics. Oh, oh like, wicked! They should, more of this. Do more of this. This is very nice. I've got a gammy right leg, so I gave myself a prosthetic anyway, just for solidarity. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I made my saint, uh, and then shenanigans happen after a recording of something. You seem to get beat up, um, and then you end up again. Buried alive, which is a bit always nice. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a frightening aspect. Um, so then it reversed to like a few months earlier, I think it was, or oh, it was it was something like that. I don't think it was specific how many months. So um, you're going through, and you are essentially a uh, what do they call them. A martial agent, they were called. And your first, like, mission is to, like, essentially bring this, like, bad guy in, in effect. Um, I will say, I think initially the controls felt a little... How can I say it? Like, tank-esque? I don't know. They seemed a bit clunky to me. Like, the aiming didn't seem smooth, but maybe that's just... Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. 
I get, I get that. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like the aiming is a little like unless you like it gives you, you get used to it. You aim in, you can actually like auto aim, which is like okay. But if you like free aiming, it didn't feel smooth. I think it's because you're kind of fighting against what the what it's trying to make you do in its auto. Probably, yeah. Oh, I, I could see that. Uh, so you're going through this tutorial level, learning the ropes and stuff, um, and then big main bad guys trying to get away on. Um, Ship thing. Uh, you have a good idea of um, trying to hunker it to uh, this ABC, basically. ACB, sorry. Um, that doesn't seem to work. So then you climb on the a- ACB, climb onto the jet, and then you got this whole shenanigans of like fight, shooting people off while you're like holding off, the, holding onto the jet, and then you hold it off the jet, and it's like it's just. It's very Saints Row, I will say, as like a level. It's it's got that kind of bit of mayhem to it, um, which is good. That seems to be like good early signs. So uh, eventually you end up like stopping the guy and you get him arrested. But then like your like commander in charge wasn't too happy that you weren't listening to orders. So she's not going to give you the, por- the performance bonus that you wanted. Uh, so then you get back to your um, your apartment with the Three other characters that I've clearly not remembered any names for whatsoever. The other woke student people. Um, oh, don't get it political. Right, right. Leave politics out of this. Uh, it's true. Or not. So apparently you're short on the rent. So you go out doing a job and you end up um, robbing this kind of. This like a gym. I feel like it's a gym. I could be wrong. I got it. If you're going to rob some place, I don't think a gym would be the first place they'd go rob. Gym could be the wrong thing. Like, it, it's not easy actually knowing where it was because it was essentially like it, was a regist- it was a registration place that, like, or the front desk, I should say. They ended up sort of jumping over. Um, you knock a guy out. Um, and then you take the money from there or the safe from there. So it might be, it might, I think it could have been a gym. But, anyway. Uh, get the money, you, uh, drive off, you're gonna go and go get your switch car to, uh, switch so the police don't follow you. Um, unfortunately, your car's been detired, uh, by a rival gang, or a gang at least that, like, doesn't like you parking where you were. Uh, so you end up fighting them. Traffic wardens. Yeah. Find them, uh, you get on a dirt bike, and then you drive away, uh, or try to drive away from the police, who then corner you on this bridge. Uh, so it doesn't look too good until your female companion decides to go all Tony Hawk in a custom car, who like goes off this like cliff ramp onto a billboard, and then that like crashes down onto the police in front of you. Don't ask me, you know. I'm I'm sure you could pull that off in real life. Um, and you just, just get away. And then at that point, then the game kind of opens up to doing sort of more of like um, odd main odd jobs and quests and stuff. So, I mean, early impression so far is that it seems to me nailing down the sense raw feel. Like there's there's plenty of may- mayhem and shenanigans happening so far. Um, I've not spent too much time with the crew, uh, so I can't give definite feel on who they are. Do you know what I thought was strange? Like, you got away with that job, 
at the start, but you yeah. still need to go and do these odd jobs to get money for rent, even <laughs> though you've got like 25 grand or something like. Oh, I still need to pay the rent, mate. Um, so yeah, so far not too bad. Uh, I did a, a little messing about. Like, I ended up um, going on top of this building, jumping off, and I've already got a wingsuit. So I was playing with that and immediately fist played on on the ground. So that was. Oh, cool. I, I did that loads of times. Like, uh, cause the uh, controls were inverted, aren't they? They're inverted, yeah. yeah. So it took me a little while. I could I could reasonably use it. I was I was starting to get grips to it. Um. And then, yeah, I just, like, got in some cars, drove around, had a feel of, like, the controls and that, and then that's about as much as I played. Have you done any of those review um, missions yet, where you go to that place and review bomb? <laughs> no, not yet, but I'm, I'm sure you'll divulge probably more in, in how you'll talk about it, maybe. No, or, I'm not going to talk about it. This I yeah. played it ages ago, but, yeah, yeah, they're insane. Okay, well, I'll give them a go at some point. Um, but yeah, so far, so since Ronnie Feel, I'm giving it a thumbs up for now. We'll see how we are. Um, only other thing that I'm going to mention, which Mark's going to hit, is a mobile game that came out. Um, but you know what? I just think it's a good mobile game. And it's up my street and probably not up anyone else's street. I'll quickly talk about it. So what's come out recently has been the Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Um, so this is basically like a mobile retelling of uh, two games and one new story from what I could tell. So we got like the original Final Fantasy VII, not the remake version, but the original. Uh, we've got Crisis Core and then we've got something that's called First Soldier, which is meant to be based on like Sephiroth's first kind of days in Soldier. Um I mean, so far, I'm actually quite enjoying it. It's it's essentially just, as you can see, it's just like, um, like rather than classic RPG um, turn-based, it's more kind of um, free-form, whereas like, you've got this bar that builds up, and then you use skills um, once those bars are filled up and stuff. Um, but it's kind of cool, because at the moment, it's like you've got this... It, most of the games played in an overview, like the original Final Fantasy VII. And then when you go into battles, it goes into like the style of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I think is actually quite cool. I kind of like how they've implemented that. Um, not got too fun to it as of yet. Um, probably I've completed the Mako Bomb and Run, which is the initial sort of first part. Then I'm going to get into the second part, which is sort of the, the next kind of Bomb and Run on the other um, Mako Power Engine. Power Engine. Power Generator, I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for what it is, as a mobile game. I'm, I quite like it. And for any Final Fantasy VII fans out there, I think you should definitely give it a go. So, right, I'll finally stop talking. Uh, I'll give Nathan a go. Go on, what have you, what have you been playing, Nathan? Yes, so, um, I've been playing a couple of games. The first one is a game developed by Quantic Dream. So these are the developers that did um, Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. I think they're like a couple of the bigger games that they've done. But I played Detroit Become Human. So I didn't get enough of a uh, dystopia feeling from just playing Atomic Heart. So I thought I'll play another one like that. Um, but instead of... I've still yet to play this. I, I, really think, I think you'll like it. Oh, no, I um, bought it ages ago. 
Yeah. I've just, it's been a backlog. Yeah. The eternal backlog. Um, but it's sort of been in the past. This one's set in the future. So just a little bit of premise to the game. So it's set in a future Detroit in 2038. I'm going to say 1938 then. Kind of defeats the object. Um, and it's a future where androids have been integrated with everyday life. Um, so androids are kind of doing menial tasks um, and are companions to humans and uh, indistinguishable from us, generally speaking. Um, now, you play as three different characters. Um, so the first character you play as is um, Connor. Um, so he's a detective working for the Detroit Police Department. And um, his job is to hunt down deviant androids. So androids that have kind of gone beyond their programming and are not beholden to what humans say. So he's the first character. Um, we've got Kara um, and she is a maid and she has a pretty bad dynamic with her owner, um, who basically is not a very nice guy. And Kara ends up running away with his owner's daughter um, because the relationship becomes abusive, unfortunately. Um, and then the last um, and probably the most divisive character, Marcus. Um, so Marcus is a, a carer robot. So he cares for this um, this old artist um, who's kind of paralyzed from the waist down. So he has to kind of help him get into his wheelchair um, and kind of help him with his day to day tasks. And for each of these characters, at some point within the game, there comes a point where you can decide to set to basically remain within your programming or break free from it and start having your own free will. Now, the the story itself is it's the the game itself is heavily story driven. It's basically there's a lot of like quick time events, so you've got to click buttons at certain times to do actions. So the combat, for example, you've got to click. X and circle to kind of like parry um, when when combat's needed. Um, you'll find yourself walking around a lot and finding certain points and and getting information together. So that's kind of more Connor, the detective. He goes around places and builds up cases and information to kind of draw a picture of of what's being done. Whereas if you're Kara, um, when she eventually escapes from her owner then um, you've got some more kind of hide from the police who are, who are looking for you. Um, and it's more kind of a stealth game and there's more interactions in. You you kind of fight for your life a bit because you're like you're on the streets, you're on your own with this little girl and you can, you've got to make moral decisions. So you go into a store and do you ask this little girl to knock these beans over in order for you to cry, try and take some money from a till to get a hotel for the night or do you not do that and stay on the street so there's decisions to be made and, and with Marcus um, he gets into a place where he basically joins the resistance and then goes from there um, but as I've said it's it's heavily story driven there's, there's not that much in terms of gameplay to be honest it's more you interacting with people and having multiple different dialogue choices and deciding what you do going forward. Um, now, in my playthrough, unfortunately, I thought I made all the right choices. I lost two of my characters because they can die. So whatever whatever you do does have an impact. Um, 
I mean, this might seem quite, um, I don't know whether the right was manipulative or not, but I really enjoyed the points where as Mark, as Connor, sorry, I had to interrogate people and break them down. So I'd manipulate them and push them in a certain direction to get the information that I needed. So I'd either play good cop or bad cop in order to kind of get the info that I needed to like try and solve the case, which was quite, quite interesting. Carl, let's be honest. It's just bad cop. Uh, yeah, bad cop or bad cop. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like after I played played the game, after I did my first playthrough, um, I did look into it a little bit. And um, in terms of the performance capture, because um, the actors for the androids that you play as are real people and they did full motion capture. It took them 324 days, like working on the motion capture on its own. Um, and they had over 180 staff um, work on this game. So pretty big one over in the Philippines, China, Vietnam, and India. Um, so they outsourced some of it to there as well. And the game itself had 35,000 camera shots, um, 74,000 unique animations, and then it had one, uh, 5.1 million lines of code. So in terms of kind of all the different dialogue choices, it's absolutely massive. So what you'll find is once you've done a particular section with a character, um, after that section, it'll basically come up with like a diagram of the choices that you made, but all the different choices that could have been made. Oh, um, this yeah. is what like um, Telltale games yeah. do as well. Like I remember Batman did that, where it was like it gave you like these are like the key choices in in the chapter. This is what you picked. This is like the most popular like as yeah. well, like percentage of the pick. Yeah, that's it. That's does cool. something similar. Yeah. Um, which is which is quite interesting, and um, there's also um, you can also replay chapters. But if you try and replay a chapter before completing the game, they do advise you to complete the game, do a play at least one playthrough first, and then go back to it. Because if you do an older chapter, it will kind of get rid of everything you've done in the future if you go back without yeah, yeah. completing it. So yeah get your playthrough done, and then if you do want to go back and make any different decisions, um, like a few I did. Uh, I'd try and make the same with Heavy Rain. So I did yeah. play through and then went back and got the platinum by doing all the other choices. Yeah. Well, I did watch someone get the platinum and 100, com- 100% complete it, but it took them about 70 hours, and I'm like, I-, I loved it, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> so, oh, rocking numbers, 70 hours is no playthrough of Yakuza game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think all in, I played it for about 14 hours. Um, so, yeah. Um, but um, not just within the game. So in the main menu, um, you'll see a character called Chloe. And um, as you load into the game, she'll ask you questions like, do you feel that you've made the right decisions? Um, and eventually, if you play so much of the game, um, she'll get you to do a survey. And um, it was quite interesting, actually. Because uh, it asked questions about, as you as a person, for example, would you have an intimate relationship with an artificial human? So it kind of gauges answer questions like that, um, which kind of may, makes you like look internally and think, like, would I do that? But obviously, I might have different answers to to other people. But there was some quite interesting con- uh, interesting. Um, questions as part of that survey 
Mm. And one funny thing that she did, I'm speaking as if she's real. Um, so I went into my game and Chloe said, there's a problem. You, your save's been corrupted and you're going to have to start again. And I'm like, oh, don't no. do this to me, Chloe. <laughs> but she was lying, obviously. She was like, oh, just oh. kidding. Like, yeah, fair enough. The AI lies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite like an interesting, um, interesting part of it. Um, now, there's a there's a certain bit of the game that I do want to hone in on. I don't want to talk about it too much because obviously all of it is part of the narrative due to the, the limited gameplay mechanics. But there's a certain moment where you play as Connor and you get to meet the creator of the first Android to pass the touring test. Um, or the t- touring test, whatever you want to pronounce it. Touring, is it? Touring, yeah. Um, so if you're not quite sure what that is, it's um, it's a test used to basically, if an android is indistinguishable from a human, then it's passed the Turing test. Um, so you get to see, basically, Connor gets to see his creator, Elijah Kamsky. Um, and after a brief conversation, it gets to a point where. Um, Elijah will go into this drawer and get a gun. Now, you get a decision at this point. Um, so Elijah will line up this android. And you at this stage know that these androids may potentially be sentient. And he says, you either, you can shoot the android. And I will, I will answer you one question. Or if you don't shoot her, then I've passed what he calls the Kamsky test, which you as Connor the Android have, have empathy. Um, and then it got me thinking, like, for example, if 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 God is out there and he does exist, what would I do? Would I get him to answer a question for me or would I save somebody's life? And there's a lot of points in this game which will make you kind of think about things at a higher level I'd say but a lot of the time it's timed and you only get five seconds to kind of pick your option and it can get quite stressful at that in those times but for this one you got as much time as you wanted and I waited for a bit and and I did have a good think about it but in order to move the case forward and get the information I needed I shot her in the head so I failed the Kamsky test um but in my mind, uh, I did want to kind of not shoot her. But I'd, that's one of the things I did go back and I decided not to shoot her in a, in a like a separate playthrough. Um, but yeah, it's just like little scenarios like that that get that'll make you think about things that you wouldn't normally think about in a day to day. Well, I hope you don't have to think about shooting somebody anyway. But um yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed all the characters um, and all the different struggles that they had and decisions that they had to make. Um, but yeah, if I mean, if you're on the fence about playing it, I, w- I would say play it. It's, I do, it's not a mega long game. I think you can probably do it between 10 and 14 hours. Um, so it's not a massive time sink. And it does hook you early on um, playing as Connor. He, I think Connor was my favourite character. Um because in my playthrough, it got to a point where where he had a conflict of does he go after these deviant androids or does he join them? Um, so 
yeah, it's, it is really good. Um, I mean, graphically, obviously it came out in 2018, so it's still not that old. Um, but it still holds up really well. And there's some like fantastic scenarios where you have to think and, um, your decisions do have a lot of weight to them because obviously your, your, your main characters can die. So, and I was literally on the cusp. I had a 13% chance of all of mine dying because I made some pretty bad decisions near the end because I got to the final act and I got all of them. They were all still alive and I thought I was making the right decisions and it just turns out that I didn't. It all went pear-shaped. I was, yeah, literally within the space of 10 minutes, two of my characters died. I'm like, yeah. And I, oh, I was devastated. I had to come off it after they died. After they died, I couldn't finish it in that sitting. Because <laughs> I, I was just racking my brains thinking, what, what could I have done? I thought, I thought I did it right, but well, obviously well, I didn't. Well, at least you kept one of them alive. I mean, you could have, well, you could have killed them all. Well, I could have killed them all. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a really good game, and I, I honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed playing it, but. After I finished it, I did need a change of pace because I not I didn't I couldn't do any more of these heavy games, um, like emotionally heavy games. So one thing I did decide to play, I'm only a couple of hours in so far, so I've started playing Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Oh, hey. so this has been in the backlog for quite a while, um, and I decided to just get into it. So. I'm, I've not played that many um, Lego Star Wars games, so I think the only one I have played has been on the Game Boy Advanced, um, and I enjoyed that, like little platformer. It was okay. Um, but in playing this, I did not realise how funny some of these characters were. They're absolutely hilarious. I love it. Um, I don't know whether that's kind of the Star Wars world itself or whether it's like the Lego influence. Um, oh, definitely the Lego influence. Yeah. I, I was thinking so, because I've only ever watched two Star Wars films. I've watched episode one, The Phantom Menace, which is probably not the best of starts. I mean, the pod racing's all right. Yeah. That's not as bad as people make it out to me. Hmm. And then I've watched, is it episode nine? Was that the latest one? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I went it's to see the really like the worst two. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one when Princess Leia like flies through space? Oh, no, that was eight. Oh, is it eight? Oh, it's eight, then that I watched. Yeah. I, I, I just did the last. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, so there was a section that I actually laughed. Like, I, I didn't laugh. I didn't, like, do a proper belly laugh, but it just made me chuckle a bit. So you're trying to um, escape the ship. And um, as um, R2-D2, you can, like, un- use him to unlock doors. You do this little puzzle. And I unlocked this particular door, and there were all these stormtroopers in this jacuzzi. <laughs> that was quite funny. Um, and then I mean, was... you don't remember that scene. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't see it. Did he? Yeah. he didn't watch yeah. that. One. Yeah. Is that episode? Is that episode three? That one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, I think. Um, and then there was yeah, one where. Just the <laughs> yeah. And then there was one where literally, like, there was a, this guy over the shower, this stormtrooper having a shower with just like the helmet on. I shot it off though, and then killed oh, it. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, you murderer! I know, I know. Poor stormtrooper. One thing though that I I just love doing is I love smashing things up and collecting all the little money Lego bits 
It's just oh, I, I love it, like collecting them all and get raking in. Do they like satisfying sound when you collect? Yeah, that's it. It's just like this little clicky sound, like as it goes into your inventory. And I must have destroyed literally half my ship just trying to get because you can destroy things and um, basically that'll give you this like currency that you can use to spend. Yeah. And I, I get I got to this planet after escaping from this ship and I was in my little like room thing. And um, is it C-3PO? Or, yeah, the, yeah, the golden golden robot. Voice. Anyway, I, I was like smashing this thing up and I ended up cutting him in half by accident. And it was like <laughs> crawling along the floor with his legs like walking around on their own. And I tried to put him back <laughs> together and I couldn't. So I'm like, right, sod that. You can stay as you are. And he's just coming after me like as a torso. You <laughs> 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 were hilarious. Um. So yeah, that that were funny as well. Um, but um, I like the little puzzle elements of it. So obviously R two D two's got his little puzzly thing where he can unlock doors. That's it's to be honest, it's got a little bit repetitive, but I mean it breaks the game up a bit. Um, is it Luke Skywalker? Mhm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got one. I think where you can use like directional buttons to open doors as well. I think it's him. Yes, I think so. I'm trying to remember myself. It's been a while since I've played the game. Um, and then um, also um, in your party, you can freely switch between party members, which I think is quite good. So if you want to be Obi-Wan and start chopping people with your lightsaber, you can do that. Or if you want to be R2-D2, I don't know how R2-D2 attacks people, but he does. Uh, and that's quite just funny. Like just, them. Yeah, just headbutting. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you might use that actually. Oh yeah, just joust them um, um, and, and joust them to death. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, and then you've got who's who's the dude? The guy. Who's the that, dude? The the guy oh, that, okay. that is a Jedi, but is not a Jedi just yet. What do you mean, Anakin? Is it him? No. no. Um, He's not a Jedi, but he's a Jedi. I think he might he might become a Jedi. He'll still be talking. Are you, it's probably Luke Skywalker again. Yeah, I think it could be him. Is it him? Yeah. He's not. It's like. I don't which film Jedi, you like, I don't know which film you played. It'll be on episode I'm, four. It starts on episode four, I think. Yeah, that one. Right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the it's one gonna be then. Sure. Yeah, it'll be Luke. Yeah, Obi Wan's already dead. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, sorry if no one's seen the film in like 50 years or whenever it came out. You haven't. <laughs> well, yeah, true. <laughs> Spoiling it for myself. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, um, awesome, I thought we're talking about that dude now. Luke. So Luke. Luke, yeah. Well, you think it's Luke? Yeah, it could be him. Anyway. Oh. But he's trained to be a he's got he's got a gun, so you can like lock onto enemies. I like how you can shoot the helmets off the um, stormtroopers and then kind of literally one shot them. Otherwise, if you do torso shots, it'll take a little bit longer to kill them. But yeah, yeah. Oh, Leia's pretty cool. So she's got this gun as well, um, fighting stormtroopers as her. Um, and yeah, I think I've just got to this. I've just got to this other planet. Like I think I'm on like some like I've just got to the point where Darth Vader's killed um, Obi Wan, yeah, and I've escaped and then got to this other planet 
Um, and then now everyone's running around like the princess is here, get everything cleaned up. And that's where I've left it. So that's that's the bit I'm on. I don't know what that might be. Oh, there might be the planning for the Death Star run. I think. Yeah. I think you'll be doing that afterwards. So. But I love Chewbacca. Honestly, I don't know why, but that little growly noise he makes, it just makes me laugh all the time. Great. <laughs> I love him. He's my favourite. Good old Chewie. Yeah. Fixing the ship, doing what needs to be done. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. What about you, Mark? Yeah, so probably unsurprisingly, I've continued my adventures on Fallout New Vegas. Very nice. Hey. So last time we spoke, and I'd got the DLC. I took, yes. a brief, I took a hiatus from the main campaign and started going through all the full DLC. So I got onto the second one, which was Honest Hearts, uh, set in some canyon place thing. Uh, completed that. And then, so then I moved on to the Old World Blues DLC. So here you get kidnapped by a mad scientist group called the Think Tank for experimentation purposes, and you are taken to a research centre called the Big Mountain. And these scientists have replaced their ageing bodies by uploading their consciousness into machines. And they have ended up stealing your brain, your heart and your spine and replaced them with other technology. And they want you to assist them in fighting an outside force uh, called Dr. Mobius, who happens to have he happens to have come along and stolen your brain. Is there anything oh, they won't take? Yeah. <laughs> and so if you want your brain back, you're going to have to go and sort this guy out. It was weird, this DLC, though, because I swear when I started it, there was about 45 minutes of dialogue before I actually started playing it. Well, they've got to set the scene, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they set the scene, but then there's like, you know, they felt like half of the DLC was just <laughs> chatting at the beginning. It went off for ages. Just talking to this one Mad scientist bloke in this floating machine thing. Do, do you think they outsourced the uh, intro to Kojima? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just like, yep. <laughs> but, but one thing I did like in that uh, is that you you get a, a nice little bit of living quarters. Because it's set Ooh. in, is it set in a crater? I think. I can't quite what it's, what it's called, the big mountain. So I presume it is. It's like a circular area with a lot of mm. different areas in it. But in this you've got like this little bunker bit where where these mad scientists are and they put you in up in this living quarter and inside the living quarter is this about seven or eight like machine mechanical machine item things and they all got personalities and they talk to you so yeah so you've got like there's two light switches who flirt with you in an attempt to win your favor because they don't like each other You've got a little robot that's obsessed with mugs. It's like, just bring me all the mugs. I love mugs, me. And then I, th- I think he, ex- I think he turns it into something if you're bringing mugs. But then you've also got an angry toaster that is so mad, he wants to nuke the world. Completely unaware that's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went through all that, completed that as well. So that's oh, nice. three DLC there. And then I moved on to the final DLC, which is the Lonesome Road DLC. So here you are contacted by a, a character called Ulysses, who is a fellow courier, like your character, and he refused to deliver the platinum chip that eventually you transported at the beginning of the main game. Yeah. 
and under the pretense of explaining why he didn't do that, he lures you to an area called the Divide. And to get to it, you have to like traverse across this deadly road network, hence the Lobson Road. Um, you get a, an interesting little device, uh, like a, I can't remember what we're called now, but it's like a ray gun kind of thing. And dotted about in the level, you find these warheads. Mm. And basically you fire this laser gun at them to make them explode. So you're just going off, setting off these like small nuclear devices for no okay. reason whatsoever. <laughs> Just to open, and it just opens up new areas, which is a, you know, it's a nice little mechanic to use. Yeah. And then you get a, you know, obviously you get companions every now and again in these games. And you've got one called Edie. Edie? Well, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's either Edie, Edie, or Eddie. It's one of them. It's good for oh, Eddie. yeah. <laughs> and basically it's a flying robot. It's like a little circular robot that flies and things like that. And over the course of the DLC, he'll give you, like, uh, backstory via audio logs and things like that as you go through. And one good thing about him is that uh, every 24 hours, he can repair your weapon. Oh, there you go. Well, for free. Right. Which is, and if you play these games, repair jobs are very expensive. So if you've got a robot who will just do it for free, have at it. But then it came to a bit called the High Road. And this is like a like a raised highway bridge, right? Uh, and I'm walking down it, and I came across my old enemy, the Death Claws. Yeah, I remember this part. Yeah, I was walking down, and then suddenly he just jumped onto the bridge, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I've had history no, with you a lot. <laughs> uh, but there, there was an abandoned bus on the uh, on the highway, so I went inside it, and okay. there's, yeah, there's like a couple of crates of ammo in there. And there's a window at the back of the bus, so I'd start shooting at one of them. And then I managed to kill it, but unknown to me, another one has found its way on top of my bus. <laughs> so it's standing on the top of my bus, and I've only got one exit out of the thing, and it's just standing there, not doing anything. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do here. I think it was a case of, like, I guess this is where I live now. As soon as I go out, I'm going to be slaughtered. So I started doing this thing where I was like peeking my head at the door, like looking upwards just to see if I could get a glance at it to shoot it. I couldn't. But then eventually I must have gone out a bit too far and it came down. I went, I dove back inside the bus. It comes in inside the bus at me, charges at me. I'm just going, ah, shooting it and then massively like mashing the uh, stim pack button. <laughs> Eventually, I killed it. So, hey. I managed to get through with that. And then I went, I mean, that was the most difficult bit of it. I managed to do that. Completed that DLC now. So I finished all That's four cool. DLCs. Oh, good. So it was, it was time to return back to the main campaign. So, obviously, you know, there's multiple factions in the game. There's like that. So, and I've, for most of my playthrough, I was leaning towards the, you know, the NCR. Oh, know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're painted as like the goodies and all that. Like the, the military service trying to keep everything in order and all that. And the plan was to aid them in a large-scale battle against the Legion, led by Kaiser. Mm. Or, or some people might say Caesar. Um, at Hoover Dam. And, I mean, I was never going to join the Legion, because I thought Kaiser were a prat. So I wasn't ever going to do that. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll go with NCR and all that. But then a alternative proposition came to light. 
and a robot called Yesman encouraged me to take over the Hoover Dam myself and create an independent New Vegas. So I have to say the lure of complete power was very appealing. But the question is, am I an honourable man? The answer? No. Yeah. I seized complete control. <laughs> I I had an army of robots take over the Hoover Dam and I just obliterated everyone. Nice. Uh, and it finished with me tossing the NCR commander off the top of the Hoover Dam to his demise. <laughs> and New Vegas was mine and it felt pretty darn good. And uh, after about it took after about ninety one hours I think it was something like that. New Vegas is now complete. Wow, ninety one hours. Yeah, I think it was ninety one hours around that. Excellent game. It's so glad I went and played this. To me, it's been one of those like gold tier backlog games. It's like those games that I know I've got to play. Mm. But it's just been sat on the backlog for so long. But I'm glad I got it out of the way. Big game, very big game. Well, especially if you do the DLC nice. as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, I was, I was watching a speed run it earlier. Someone did it in about ten minutes by oh doing these goodness. weird glitchy stuff, <laughs> where they were like oh, flying right. through the air and stuff. They found some bugs and glitches on it. That was weird. Sure, I've got no clip on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, I am tempted to go back and play Fallout Three and Four. Ooh. So I don't know when, but I am very tempted. Is, is, is Fallout 3 much different in terms of its mechanics? I mean, I know it's just... Uh, was just before that, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I would say I would say 3 is probably closer to New, New Vegas in terms of mechanics than 4 was. Um, well, that's good, though. At least I know what I'm in for, then. Yeah. I would, I would say with 3, I don't think it's got the repairing mechanic um, for weapons. I could be wrong. It has been a while. And... The story is more personal um, okay. rather than the the factions thing. It doesn't really isn't really a factor. Um, avoiding the pun to uh, to Fallout Three than it is in New Vegas. So mm-hmm. it's it's very much kind of you go around, you do stuff for people, but it isn't like oh, what you've done for this person then annoys this person. It's just it's just yeah. more of a it's more of a personal journey to. Um, to get to the goal really but the DLC is in that one really good as well there's a really good um, horror-esque DLC for Fallout 3 well I'm not playing that then <laughs> it's not that bad how many DLCs are there? again I think there's there's four I think uh, so if I just quickly take a look there is um, there's Operation Anchorage there is The Pit there's Broken Steel uh, point Lookout. Sorry, there's five. Point Lookout, and the last one's called Mother's Ship Zeta. I don't know. I'll, uh, I might look into that. Because they did, did buy Fallout 4 yonks ago. And I think it came with Fallout 3, or something like that. I think mm. it came with digital code for Fallout 3, was it? Oh, good. So I might go back and play them. But probably not anytime soon. Need a bit of, need a, bit of a break from that world. But... That's all I've been playing. There you go. So, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter, slash X, at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye.